What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, episode 27, segment 2. All right. So we're going to start with the Celtics, with their injuries. Um, later half of the show, we'll get into um, college basketball. And give you like a, a roundup of, of all the local teams and how they've been doing so far. But we got to start with the Celtic injuries, man, because it is not good right now. Um, I just got some updates um, not too long ago that you already know that Marcus Smart is out. You already know that um, Robert Williams is out. For a couple of weeks with his hip injury, they um, he's been diagnosed with something that's I've never heard of. It's called a bone edema in his hip, and they have to reevaluate it in three weeks. So who knows how serious that could be? Uh, Vincent Poirier just hurt his pinky in practice, so he has to get surgery on that. He's going to be out for a good while. I mean, you, you got a rash of injuries in your in your bigs to a team that's really not big as it is. And now the latest, uh, we've heard that Gordon Hayward is, uh, did not play uh, last night against the Mavericks. He has a sore hip. Excuse me, not a sore hip, excuse me, a sore foot. And he's going to be out. Who knows? It's 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 a mystery at this point. They're just, they're just trying to just see um, how it does day by day. But far as I know, um, um, I was watching the uh, Brad Stevens uh, uh, pregame presser uh, that he had for the Mavericks game, and he was saying like uh, this injury's been. I mean, he's had this soreness for a while in his foot. And who knows um, when it started. But he was saying, like, it started um, before the, the finger injury. So it's been like this pretty much the entire year. It just got to the point where it was intolerable this week. He did practice uh, Monday and Tuesday. But then on Wednesday before the game or before the shoot-around for Wednesday's game against the Mavs, um it felt to the point that he couldn't play. So here we go again with this guy. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, it's just, I, I feel for him. I mean, he's had a, a, he's had a rough going in Boston. He's, I mean, it all started with him having a major um, ankle injury where, where he, it was the most gruesome injury you'll ever see. And, and all suddenly this is, I mean, this is this is like really, really bad, man. I just, I, I just hope that it's not problematic. And I mean, I heard I've heard reports from both sides that it may not be as bad. He can deal with it, but it, it could be something that could be permanent. Or I've heard a, I've heard a lot of reports. I can't really all all the speculation at this point. I can't really zero in on what the right um, timetable or when he's gonna be out and how they be able to manage this injury. But as far as I know, this has been a while that he's had this sore foot. He didn't think it would be as bad, obviously, because, I mean, obviously he was trying to 
you know, deal with it throughout the year. And now it's getting to a point where he can't even play. So, I mean, the Celtics have had, they've had the worst luck when it comes down to injuries in the past. I mean, it's, I we can go on, I can go on and on about it. I'm, you know, I can't make excuses because everyone, every team has uh, injuries, but I just feel like the Celtics have, have had, uh, ironically, they're the Celtics. They've had a rash of injuries that happened at the worst possible times. Let's just go back to 09 and with KG, losing KG in 09. And we can go to 2010 with Kendra Perkins going down in the NBA Finals against the Lakers. I mean, just... It's it's been in an Isaiah Thomas recently. Who knows if he, if he didn't have that um, that hip injury in the playoffs? Who knows if they could have at least challenged the Cleveland Cavaliers in that series and without it being, even though I felt like they could have they would have lost that series anyways. They would outmatch regardless. But it just seems like the Celtics have had the worst luck when it comes down to injuries and, t- and timely injuries and just weird injuries at that injuries that you wouldn't expect or just timely injuries that have affected them from having the success that they could possibly have. Cause they're always knocking on the door every year of, of, of being a championship team or whatever. But it's, it's just times like this. It makes you just, you know, you lose, I mean, it's just times like this you lose hope, you know. But uh, I'm trying to be hopeful about it. I mean, I, as you can see, I'm putting all, you know, putting, you know, I don't know. Just, I, I just think is they got, I mean, as, as you can see, I'm a Celtic fan. I want to keep it, I want to keep it less biased, but it's, it's, just, it's just tough. It's tough for them to... Uh, um, to try to feel like they can uh, get through all these injuries and then try to win, but but it's it's part of the game. It's part of the game, and you have to just be hopeful they can find a way. And it just seems like this team, out of most teams in the past, they seem like the, you know more resilient compared to last year's team, which didn't have any of those qualities. So this team, I feel like, could find a way to still have a successful season, but it's definitely worrisome to hail this news of Gordon Hayward right now. So, but let's move on. Cause like I said, I'm only going to get frustrated and frustrated just thinking about this whole thing, but I'm trying to just hope this will be a, a successful season, but we have to just see, you know, but let's move on. I had to get that out the way. Um, yeah, let's move on. All right, so, <laughs> all right, man, I, I, I gotta get over myself. I just, I'm, as you can see, I'm a diehard Celtic fan. This is this is what a diehard Celtic fan reacts to things like this. But anyways, all right, let's move on. So, they play uh, the Celtics. Good news: the Celtics did win last night. Uh, they won one hundred nine to one hundred three against the Dallas Mavericks. Um. Even without the injuries, I mean, big game for Kimball Walker. He had 32. Um, Jalen Brown had 26. Jason Tatum had 24. So the the quote-unquote big three has, you know, really carried this team through and through. Those guys have been consistent all year long. 
seem like those guys have been there all year long. Um, we'll have to see, you know. And like I said, who knows about the Marcus Smart injury? The guy has eye infection and stuff. With, it's just a lot of injuries, but, but like I said, we have to focus on the... Um, just focus on what's in front of us. You know, as a Celtic fan, you just have to focus on what's the team has to focus on what's in front of them and just, you know, when in doubt, they have to just play through all these, you know, all these, um, was basically just, um, adversity, you know, that's every team goes through that every year. It's adversity. So they got to go through that. But like I said, a good response, they beat the Mavericks. Um, but the Mavericks were shorthanded as well. They didn't have Luka Doncic, um, which is having a, uh, he's having an unbelievable season this year. MVP like season in his second year in the league, which is incredible. Um, Christoph Porzingis has been able to hold the fort. You know, they were able to get a big win the other night against the Bucks, but it wasn't enough against the Celtics. He only had 23. I believe he had double digit rebounds in the game as well, but. It wasn't enough to beat a, a confident, you know, resilient Celtic team. So, but the next game on the on the bracket was, or the next game will be the Detroit Pistons, which they play tomorrow night. That's going to be a fun one, a fun game to watch. Uh, Detroit is is an under 500 team. Uh, they're led by Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin. Derrick Rose has had a great season coming off the bench, being a spark plug off the bench for them. So I think the Celtics will be in good position to win that as well. I believe that it's also on the road. So I think they have to travel to Detroit for that game. So... I just think it's going to be tough to, you know, deal with Andre Drummond. The guy's averaging 16 rebounds a game, something ridiculous like that. 17 per as well, points per game. So he's he's doing his thing out there. And I just think that's going to be a tough matchup for the Celtics inside. So, But I think offensively, which the last time I checked, they're a top five offensive efficiency team. So their offense has been really good all year long. That hasn't been really much of an issue for them. Defensively has been where they, they've struggled this year. You know, to give, give up a lot of points to teams. I think it has a lot to do with Marcus Smart being out as well. Once Marcus Smart comes back, their defense probably will look much better. They'll definitely be making, you know, their perimeter defense will be better. I think they'll be able to match up better and switch better in, in you know, in certain situations. Marcus Smart just gives you the, that versatility that you're just missing right now so but yeah um well let's before we um like I said we move on with that but um but while we was gone I just wanted to make a quick review while we was gone um cause it's been like three weeks since I've had the last podcast I mean obviously um, the last podcast we was talking before Thanksgiving, the winning streak was on and it just got snapped. Um, they, 
They end up losing in that road trip. After that road trip, they lost to the Nets, lost to the Pacers last week, and then they lost to the 76ers. Joel Embiid had a big game. Um, I think it had a lot to do with the criticism of the TNT crew, you know, particularly Charles Barkley and, and Shaq, you know, really pushing him to say, like, he needs to care and he doesn't take the game serious. And he ends up, you know, responding to that criticism with a 38-13 and 13 game against the Celtics. He also chipped in six assists as well. So that was a huge loss. In my book, I thought that was the worst loss throughout that, you know, that time period. You know, they didn't have Al Horford. Sixers didn't have Al Horford. So I thought they, you know, if it's one game they should have won, was it was that game. The Nets game before, I mean, the Pacers game beforehand, that was kind of like a, uh, it was a back-to-back situation, by the way. That was a tough back-to-back that they had. And it's tough to, when probably the, your main focus is being the Sixers the night, you know, the next night, you have a, a gritty Pacers team, which, you know, the Pacers have play, been playing well, man. I mean, the, uh since uh I believe it was October thirtieth, they had a stat on um on you know, courtesy of ESPN, they had a stat saying that the Pacers were the third best team record wise since October thirtieth. And uh, and Mark Malcolm Brogdon has a lot to do with it. Um he's playing well out there for them. It's gonna be interesting to see how they you know, how they how they um do when Victor Oladipo comes back, whenever that happens. I mean, as far as I know, he's a ways away from coming back, but that's going to be interesting to see how that team stacks up in the East once they're fully healthy because they, they, they just beat the Lakers the other, the other night as well. So, but more, but yeah, so um, Celtics, they've had a lot to deal with, you know, as far as the injuries and then obviously, you know, sliding a bit in their record. Um, but it's still got a solid record. It's still 18-7. Um, coming into this Detroit game. So they, they're still in good shape. It's just, it might get to the point where when is it going to, you know, those, when is those injuries going to really affect them? You know, when is it going to be when the water is going to uh, uh, reach its limit for them to, you know, because right now they're small, man. I think Gordon Haywood really helped them out a lot of rebounding and, they're going to have a tough time rebounding in a lot of these games, especially against these bigger teams. Against Detroit, it's probably, probably for example, probably the biggest test right now, um, rebounding-wise. They, they're going to be tested in that one. So we'll see how they do. You know, We'll see how everything shakes out with them. But, but it is definitely going to be, a, I mean, as far as, like, you know, the NBA – uh, tonight is a big night for the NBA. I mean, you got a top-tier matchup, you know, moving on, moving away from the Celtics for a bit. You got a top-tier matchup tonight. Um, what is it? It's going to be on TNT. It's, uh, what was I going to say, the Bucks versus the Lakers. Basically, the best best team in the East versus the best team in the West. Greek Freak, LeBron. Possibly Anthony Davis will play. Who knows? He did not play the last game against the Pacers. He had an uh, ankle injury. But he could have just been resting to get prepared for this game. So hopefully he does play. Uh, that would be an unbelievable game if he does play. Um, 
trying to see where it's at. I think it's in LA, but we'll check on that later. But yeah, so that's going to be a huge game. Like if you look at the matchups, it's like you got a lot of key matchups, you know, Anthony Davis, Greek Freak. It'd be interesting to see if they, if they play against each other or what LeBron Greek Freak plays against each other. Um, that's going to be fun to watch. That is going to be fun to watch. Um, yeah, so we're going to move on to um, to college basketball. We'll move on to college basketball because a ton has gone on with that, you know, the past couple weeks. We're going to get into that. But let's let's start with uh, let's start with Vermont. Um, Vermont has been, I like I said, I've been uh, speaking confident about Vermont, saying that they're a team to be reckoned with this year. Um, they have some great talent coming back. They've had a tough non-conference schedule, and it's, it's definitely biting them in the butt. They're seven and five right now. Um, I think they lost a close one. But let me check the score real quick. I think that's on one of my things. Yeah, they lost to UNC Greensboro, which I think that was a really bad loss for them. Uh, UNC Greensboro's actually been pretty good this year, 9-3. and three. Um, They put the clamps on them defensively. It was a low-scoring game. So, yeah, I... I I was high on Vermont this year, so I'm kind of surprised they've had this rough start. I'm really surprised by that. So, but I mean, like I said, they along with that loss, they lost to Cincinnati, and they also lost to Yale, which has been very surprising this year. Yale has been nine and three on the year. They've had a great start. We'll we'll definitely get into the more on later on the show, but yeah, the. Um, Vermont has just had a tough start. Anthony Lamb has had somewhat of a so-so start. I mean, he's he's still their leading scorer and leading rebounder. Uh, Seth Smith has been pretty good, thirteen and seven, but it doesn't seem like they have a lot of depth behind those two guys. They have uh, um, Smith, the big fella, which has been pretty good, but. Their death is uh, limited at times. You know, like as you can see, they had a tough time scoring against UNC Greensboro. So that's why they've been so-and-so with their record right now. All right, the next team I would say that's been okay is UConn. They're 6-3 and three now. Recently, they just played a thriller against Indiana. They fell short in that one. Um, they've they've had you know through this stretch they've had big wins against Miami, Maine, and Iona. So, then th- those are pretty uh, decent wins. Besides Maine, Maine is having a horrible year this year, but Miami's you know a decent team out there. Miami just I believe blew out a team locally that was one of the better teams locally. I think I think it was UMass they blew out. Let me be mistaken. 
But yeah, UConn. One thing that sticks out with Utah is their backcourt. Their backcourt is extremely deep. Um, they just got um, freshman James Brunite from suspension. They got him back. Um, he's averaging nine and a half points per game, three three and a half rebounds per game. He's having a great start for a freshman. To a, you know, with a, you know, obviously a team that has a lot of experience at that position, he's definitely been able to really, you know, carve out a role. Um, you, one thing that sticks out to UConn is their defense. One of the better um, shot blocking teams in the country. Okake, Okake, uh, the New Hampshire native, has been great at blocking shots for them this year. And obviously their perimeter defense, you know, as I noted with the, you know, how strong the backcourt is, they're they're one of the better the perimeter defensive backcourts as well. So UConn's, you know, right there. You know, in the American Conference, they're doing... I mean, the American Conference is a good conference, so... You get the likes of Memphis and stuff. You got a, a very deep... They got a very deep conference, so... I think UConn would be right up there with those teams. So... They played well, you know. They've definitely played well of late. Hopefully they can keep it going. Um... As for, you know, the two big schools in Rhode Island, you got URI, you got Providence. URI has been doing okay. They've been, they've been doing pretty fine. They recently, they recently lost to, um, excuse me, excuse me, they recently beat Providence in a head-to-head matchup. And URI's uh, guard play has been, it's been stellar. Fats Russell had a had a nice game against Providence. Um Sorrell Lavangi was a beast. Just you know, double double machine out there. He had 17 and 16. He's definitely been big for them this year. And I just think where Providence is just I don't know, man. It's just uh, it's been a weird season for Providence. I, I, I was high on Providence this year, but I I didn't realize how weak they are. In the inside, I think they've really been attacked in the inside by a lot of teams this year. I think, yeah, yeah, I think that uh, Miami blew out Providence. That's the team I was thinking about. Yeah, Miami ended up blowing out Providence, which we know Miami is a decent team. They're not a great team. They're a decent team in the ACC. Kind of like a mediocre team in the ACC, and they, Providence didn't have a chance of beating them. Um. Ed Cooley's got to figure out a way to uh, right the ship with them, man, because they're struggling right now. I think probably the biggest um, biggest thing to point out with this is that Lawan Pimpkins, their 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 guy that they really was high on. You know, I was high on him. I thought he had a great year at UMass last year, but obviously it's a step in. A higher level of competition now, and it's probably showed that maybe the competition that he had in the A10 wasn't the same competition he's probably going to be playing in the Big East. As he struggled, he's struggling right now, shooting the ball at a, at a very low clip right now, 20, 29% from the field. He's only averaging a little bit over nine points per game, and I think. That's the biggest reason why Providence is playing 
poor basketball right now. They're only five and five. Alpha Diallo still be is still their leading scorer, but he's definitely had a down year uh, from last year. Obviously, we've had the sheer the rock with Pimpkins and all those other you know guards. Their backcourt's pretty good. It's just that they've struggled defensively, and and their main reason why they've struggled defensively is their size. Their size has been is very limited right now. I mean, I, I mentioned in a previous podcast they had to rely on their freshman Greg Grant to be somewhat of a savior for them inside, and so far he's he's been up and down, which you'd expect out of a freshman. You know, particularly a freshman that's not highly touted it. He's not a five-star guy. He's more of a four-star guy, so he's going to have his lumps you know, getting used to the speed of the game is a new. It's a definitely a step a step ahead from high school. I mean, and plus you're playing the Big East. You know, that's definitely a jump. And it, so far they're just trying to you know find themselves right now. So they're struggling. Unlike URI, which I feel like URI has been okay. They've been, you know, playing you know a little bit more consistent. What problems is doing right now. And then another another surprise is Harvard's slow start, but I feel like they're starting to turn the corner. On the like I said, they recently just routed UMass. Uh, they beat them eighty nine to fifty five, so that was impressive. Which I thought UMass had a strong UMass had a strong start, but then they're starting to kind of their their youth is starting to uh, is starting to uh, take shape with their team right now is it's definitely showing as they definitely have had a rough patch of late but yeah um and Harvard's also played well with against Maryland uh Maryland is obviously one of the top tier teams in the country um believe they're ranked number two in the country right now so that was that was impressive it was a close game against maryland and um like i said probably the main reason for the slow start for harvard is just the injuries they were just able to get bryce atkin back um but so far bryce atkin is starting to really just like the team is starting to turn the corner, he's starting to turn the corner. His scoring is definitely getting much better. Now he's their leading scorer now. So, along with that, I mean, they get Seth Towns back next month. They should be in good position to really do well. To really, you know, dominate that Ivy, the, that their conference schedule, the Ivy League conference, Ivy League conference schedule. Just got a few more weeks of non-conference play. And probably the team that is probably the biggest surprise so far is the Yale Bulldogs. Right now, if I had to you know, re-rank that top 10, I'd put Yale at number one. I'd definitely put Yale at number one. Uh, they're 9-3. You know, they had big wins locally against UMass and Vermont. So that definitely validates that nine and three record. 
And what's interesting about them, you know, most teams have two guys they can count on. Scoring-wise, they got three. They have three guys they can go to, which usually that's, that is pretty much a mark of a good team. We have three guys you can rely on. You start with Paul Atkinson inside. And then also they have 6-9-4 Jordan Bruner that can really play out there. And for their backcourt uh, guard, Isaiah Swain, which is um, a Massachusetts native from Brockton to be exact. He's having a strong start to his season, which I, I've definitely noted that in my preview. I had him in my in my top 10 for the New England. I had him rated as number 7, so I definitely didn't see this coming. I thought I knew they were going to be good, but I didn't think they would be that good. So, with those three guys, they've definitely been uh, dominant. So, what, we'll find out what they're really made up in these next two games coming up. Um, coming up next week, they play against uh, Clemson, which I believe it's that game is on the 22nd. So that will be, I believe, Sunday. They played them Sunday, and then they play North Carolina the week of Christmas, Christmas, uh, Christmas week. So North Carolina is having a down year, by the way. Even though you know, they have one of the top recruits in Cole Anthony, they still have struggled as a team. They've had a slow start. So if they could sweep those two teams... You have to look as Yale as a team that to be reckoned with in the tournament, man. If they can find a way to go to, to those ACC schools and, and find a way to beat those ACC schools, even though they're, you know, those are, as of right now, they're mediocre ACC schools record-wise, that's going to be definitely a promising thing for their team, how, how far they can go in the tournament. Probably a team that you find as a, what you'd call a quote-unquote bracket buster, they would definitely fit into that category for sure. I mean, obviously, this team that was returning three guys that played in a not, uh, NCAA tournament team last year, and right now they're just they're coming together pretty well right now out of all the teams in New England. They definitely have shown that they compete at a high level. All right, so we're going to wrap this show up. This is your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. Um, just check check me out this weekend. I am look to have some website updates for you guys. Check out the website. Um, if you haven't visited yet, rimsandnets.com, R-I-M-S-N-E-T-S.com. Check it out. Um, I will have some website updates. Um I'm looking to finish that um, 1 through 20. I'm going to work on it hard uh, today and hopefully put it out there in the next few days. So look out for that. And, um, yeah, and I'm, I'm hopefully maybe Sunday I can put out um, another podcast. Just to, If it's not Sunday, then maybe early next week. Because, like I said, I'm still behind on the website updates. I'm going to try to get into those website updates the next few days. Get you um, get. The, I had to literally like literally update the whole site because there's a lot of sections that need that are well that need to be well addressed, or, you know, ASAP. So I got to get into that, kind of give you some uh, previews of of you know high school basketball, which I obviously I want to feature it 
every week on the podcast and on the website, basically um, making, I don't know about previews, I don't know if I'll be able to do that right now, but I'm going to like, I mean, you know, you know, rank, I'm talking about like rankings and stuff. We'll see. I mean, I'm tr- I'm trying to just see. I think once uh, we finish a couple of weeks, we'll start having. Um, I'll have a, I'll have a ranking, probably maybe at the end of December, or early January. I'll have like a ranking of each state, because you know once you f- uh, go on that page where you look on each state, you're gonna see a lo- you're gonna click on that local tab. And then you'll see, you'll find each state's rankings and stuff. And then I'll update the rankings and the players probably at the end of the month. So look out for that. Um, But then, yeah, every week I'm going to obviously make updates every week um, in all levels. uh, NBA, college, and then high school, like uh, top games this week. I'm going to make those updates. And then occasionally I will shoot an article as well. On what's going on, all the major news and stuff. I'm, I'm thinking about maybe having an article about the Gordon Hayward situation because that's that's key, man. But we'll see. I just have to. I just have to really, literally go through the whole website this weekend and, and kind of really, you know, touch on every part of it because it, it definitely needs to be updated, you know, through and through. So I'll do that this weekend. So look out for those uh, updates next weekend. Um, so yeah, so like I said, uh, I'll be I'll be tuning out. This is your host Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>